Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. We have to make sure that it gets there with integrity. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. We are very much focused on others just as an industry. This is the Pro AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, from innovative tech to game changing news, only on Market Scale. Sound check complete. Let's go. All right, Sean, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, great to have you here in the Dallas based Market Scale studio. And we're going to be chatting about something really interesting to me, and I'm glad that this was the topic that was decided on, but we're going to be chatting on holographic visual effects and really looking at their journey into Pro-AV, where they're at now, some of the coolest applications that you've seen, and then how businesses are seeing return on investment on technology like that, Uh, you know, what the most applicable applications are, and, um, you know, to really round things out there at the end, we'll also touch on how, as a pro-AV industry, you shouldn't go chasing technology and how to avoid chasing this technology as something that's just, oh, it's cool and flashy because it's new, but something that's actually applicable and finding real ways to implement it into your overall deliverables as an integrator or a manufacturer. So, hope you're excited. I'm definitely excited to dig in. You bet. Yeah. So, how long have you been in the industry? So, in corporate AV, I started in January of 01. Okay. So, we're looking at 18 and a half years okay. at this point. A decent amount of time. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, in those almost 20 years, how have you seen holographic visual effects and the technology that powers them evolve? Uh, I guess, what were some of the first iterations that you saw, and then sort of how did they continue to grow? Way back when, uh, you know, obviously projector technology has increased dramatically, like, day and night really right. but um things were getting done back then with smoke and mirrors and i i do literally mean mirrors mm-hmm. um being able to project um in places ceilings floors around the corner uh you know we we were literally using mirrors and um and so it was a pretty far and few between. Uh, the demand wasn't high for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, and then uh, Pepper's Ghost came out, and that was a pretty sweet setup at the time. It was um, real cutting edge, and uh, but it took a lot of prep work. Uh, there was, you know, you you had to set your projector up a certain way, basically shooting the floor to reflect off the floor to shoot. You know, right. there was a whole setup that it took into account, and you had to use all this space to make all that happen. Right. Uh, and it was cool, um, and we did some of that. Um, and nowadays, uh, we've moved on to uh, there is some materials that you can you can shoot on that are transparent, so you can see through them, but yet they're also reflective, and that's what we're talking about today. And that's that's uh, what we've been using most recently. Right. Well, I know when I think. You know, just off the top of my head, some of the most potent examples of holographic technology in in real life. You know, not the Star Wars level stuff, but which is still cool. But our uh, it's our, coming. It's coming. Hopefully, yeah. We'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. But you know, I guess some of the real life applications I think of resurrecting like Michael Jackson right. uh, and or Tupac Shakur yeah, and Tupac you know, at Coachella. yeah big big artists and bringing them back with holographic technology um, but even that was already a while ago I mean some of the most recent things that I've seen that really piqued my interest were 
fast rotating blades actually that they move you have like one moving in this direction you can't see my hands but (laughs) horizontally and then vertically and the led lights they make it look like there is a coke can you know floating there right? right and it's not truly holographic you can't really like pass your hand through it because they're spinning rotors but the technology is continuing to evolve and is really starting to break that wall of um believability you know you're actually starting to see it feel like it's a 3d model right and there there are instances uh, like like you talked about the led we we have some other product that is uh led based that uh you know is on a fan system kind of a fan blades moving really really fast and so you put in what content you want and that creates that content and uh and it appears to be kind of floating in air. Right. And um, so there, there, there's different transmission methods um, that you can achieve these different looks. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it's really exciting. And and I think that in today's day and age, the the need to be able to have your attendees experience these types of things at the event is huge and and growing because you can do so much with CGI, you can do so much with TVs and computers, Mm -hmm. and you can – you, you bring all of these out of this world type of stuff to somebody in a movie or in a commercial, and essentially we would like to be able to translate those types of experiences for take-home for the attendees that are, are going to a um, either an internal or an external sales conference type of event. Right, right. Yeah, just bringing that magic – you know, to your hands. That's basically. right. So when they leave, they're wowed, you right. know, and it's like, oh, well, that's going to stick a little bit longer. The The message is going to get received more. Right, right. So walk me through some of those applications that you've seen as of late, um, more in this corporate business world. You know, how are you seeing holographic technology become something desirable and something useful, whether it is at a big corporate event or maybe in a in a workplace environment, like some permanent install, um, how are you seeing business owners, um, corporate event planners use this technology to their benefit? Well, uh, uh, the way that we've applied this technology for us and for our clients, mm-hmm. uh, typically to this point, has been uh, in a presenter is is selling or sh- sharing data. Okay. Maybe maybe there's bar graphs, there's moving animated logos or animated bar graphs that the presenter is interacting with from the audience's perspective. Right. Uh, so what that allows, you know, the, the presenter to be able to do is to show these types of things on an up close, like they're almost quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, but, um, you know, in, in an interaction of a type of way that, that is, um, like I said, from the client's perspective, it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And it helps to sell those things. And maybe you can break apart the inner workings of an engine right. in a way that, you know, you you know, if you just put it on a PDF or you put it on a computer screen or you put it on, you know, even a regular projection screen, you're not getting that interaction that the presenter can use the uh, our form of holographic projection. Also, digital scenery. Um 
everybody knows, well, not everybody knows, but you know, you have gobos, right? You have a, a still light that shoots through a gobo and it creates a logo that mm-hmm. it's just a static logo. Right. Well, nowadays we've been able to use these types of technologies uh, to to have interactive logos. Maybe your logo spins three-dimensionally. Maybe right. it, it morphs from logo A to logo B to logo right. C during during um, you know during a speech mm-hmm. so you you have you know because I don't want to say that everybody's attention span is shortened or that people are like hey look squirrel right but, but I mean to a degree I feel it's like there. It's, yeah. I feel like that's probably been the case you know because you get sensory overload with all the stuff that you can see out there on your everyday on your phone. Right. If you can't compete with what's wowing somebody on their phone in real life, then you're you're going to be missing the mark, I think, especially in a um, in an industry like ours where technology is so crucial. Right. To what we provide. Right. Well, I feel like holographic visual effects are almost, even though they're not quite at the level that like VR is, I think they are the following step right because with vr you still have that barrier of you got to put on the goggles and you have to sort of immerse yourself by using some sort of gear and though you can get a really fabulous experience out of that something about the holographic visual effects it's like the the cherry on top you you don't have to put on any extra gear you don't have to use any extra gear to see this experience that just shows up in front of you and it it feels like whoa there's something just floating in midair um what are the limitations on the technology right now that are keeping it from getting to that Star Wars level? Um, you know, I know you're a service technician, so you've you've been able to put a lot of things in place, and you've had your your hands on putting a lot of this technology together and integrating it for clients. So, what have you seen from your end of what's still lacking? Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's certainly limitations on you. You have to have the you have to have the projectors to be able to achieve the brightness that you, you know, the light output that you're looking right. to achieve. Uh, you know, when you use the, what we've mostly been using is the Nebula Net by Rosebrand and, and it and it works really well, but you, because it's transparent and reflective, you have to throw that blow through somewhere. Mm. And so typically what we do is uh, we'll shoot it down towards the ground so that it's at the presenter's feet. And from a client's perspective, you can't see it. So there's some logistical um, challenges when it comes to using this particular product, this particular material. Um, unfortunately, the Star Trek or the Star Wars mm-hmm. type holograph or hologram is not is not really a, a – a, um, well, it's just not existent right, right now. So it's still a little bit smoke and mirrors, and it's still it's there are limitations. You have you have mostly it's logistical and physical limitations sure. that have to be accounted for. Right. Uh, yeah. I guess right now it's about utilizing the technology that's there to capture the illusion as best as possible. Right. So, what is one application that you've worked on specifically um, that you really felt like it was? Um, a holistic representation of what the technology can do for businesses right now? Um, and what was that experience like for you? Well, um, like I said, we've used it in a number of different facets. Um, we did do a reveal recently where the, you know, there was some uh, some Asian dancers that were dancing and, and, and with their, like, what do they call that, robes or, you know, whatever their, yeah, their sure. com- commode. 
Gamora's, whatever it is. Um, and so they were dancing, and they were real, and you could see them through through this uh, net. And but at the same time, there were spirits and souls and stuff kind of flying off of them, okay. and there was there was different looks. And as they as they were leaving. Uh, the the imagery on the net actually started to ascend and go away, and and I thought that it achieved the uh, the culture of what they were trying to achieve, and it worked really well for that particular application, you know, because it's also it's not just that you're projecting onto this net. You also right. have to backlight. You have to light the presenter that's behind it, and the ambient light in the room also goes into play. But that goes back to the logistics of how to use it. Right. Right, because then you have competing light sources, and you can't drown out the effect by also trying to light up the presenter. That's yeah. right. So everything has to have its own little space. But it's, like I said, it's it's a lot easier than it was in the old days because the projectors are so much more powerful. Because mm-hmm. uh, the distances that you have to set your 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 presenter up from your your holograph are not as far as they used to be. So you can actually get everything to fit on one stage and, and do it well. Right. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned an application that was so cultural. Um, you know, I think it's always exciting when emerging technology can have a really powerful impact culturally, too. You know, uh, empowering a visual or representing an idea that you know may have been represented for thousands of years on manuscripts, right? And now you're sort of getting to see it breathe life well that's you know i mean i'm sure i don't have to tell you working here that you 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 know as well as i do that technology um can also bring the world together yeah. it can bring bring cultures together it can bring uh it, well it makes the world smaller really yeah. and there's some very powerful uh, assets to that to that technology you know um hopefully uh, you know, I have kids. Hopefully, as a younger generation, these types of things not only sell things for people, but also can bring people together and 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 make us all understand. Hey, this wows all of us. Right. So, right. yeah. Looking more at the pro EV industry as a whole and the professionals who are in it, um, you know, I think often a fear with new technology or emerging technology is, especially in the industry that is supplying it, helping invent it push it to the next level or just integrating it, providing the services, it's avoiding chasing that technology or going after implementing this new tech because it's new and because it's cool and sort of missing the key purpose of it. So as a service technician, you know, with almost 20 years experience in the field, what advice do you have for the industry as a whole, you know, as we continue to push this technology to the next level that we're not just chasing after it or or that you don't like fall behind on the curve, but instead you, you stay ahead and you always look to uh, implement in the most authentic way possible. Well, I think the last part of what you said is probably the most important of all that. Uh, if if you can't implement what it is that you're trying to achieve, um, be it on the techno you know the technology side of it or on the personal side of it, if if the implementation doesn't achieve the end result, then you're missing the mark to begin with. Yeah. But I think um, to answer back to the first part of that, I think that it takes um, it takes a lot of communication between manufacturers, between people like ourselves who implement the product, 
I think that 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 handshake, that coordination, and then and then sharing results with those types of people. Hey, what you've what, you know your software that I'm using or your product that I'm using is working great, except mm-hmm. this, that, and the other, right? And so I feel like for us that obviously we you don't want to become complacent and just continue to use what you've always used because you will get passed up. Uh, and this moves really, really, really fast. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, what we're using today, we may not be using this time next year. Mm-hmm. So I think I think as as somebody who implements this type of, of stuff and as our company um, to use it to provide a result for our clients, I think it's very crucial that you stay on top of what is coming out and you – you, you work hand-in-hand hand with the vendors is what I really think that – and then you also monitor your results. It, am, are we hitting the mark? So, you know, there's a thousand different ways to, to keep up to date with what's out and what's going on. You know, you, you guys are in the business of making sure that all of us out there know what yeah. to use. Uh, there's podcasts. There's Google, you mm-hmm. know, uh, to say the least. So uh, there's forums. There's chats. There's – you know, in our industry, there's there's people that we work with. There's our people in our company. Um, you know, we may have some on the East Coast, some on the West Coast, some doing this, some doing that. So what did he do over there? Uh, that worked? Okay, I'm going to use that next right. time. So it is. It's a community effort. Yeah. And and that's, I think, where I get the majority of, of my ideas. And then, of course, obviously, you also have to be able to think outside the box and go – they intend for us to use this this way, but I think that it might be really cool to use it this way. Right. Right. And I think also as the providers or the installers of this technology, it's knowing when to best suggest it for the client too. Um, because you always want to, I mean, with such an exciting technology, you want to have it at the forefront of your mind. So when a client comes to you with a need, it's like, oh, I'd love to really showcase like you said like taking apart an engine for my um for my audience and i really want them to be able to see each intricate part but it to really feel like it's there and they can interact with it it's like okay great let's try holographic visual effects right like a fly in all the different components exactly but then i think it's also being aware of when not to do it right and 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 being able to balance um, you know, not just implementing it because it's going to look cool, but it's like if a client suggests that they want something represented and it might be better represented in a different way, it's it's being able to have that honest conversation and say, yeah, let's let's go for it. Or actually, I think you'd be better off going this way. And I think with emerging technology, that's that's the way to treat it, because if you approach each install from an authentic point of view and each one comes from a place where it's like, I think holographic visual effects are going to best serve this, then you can only grow from there because each install feels purposeful. And, and that's, and, and that is the thin line, right? It's, you don't want to, um, you don't want to overshoot. You don't want to saturate the effect to the point where, you know, the attend is, you know, say client a, Mm -hmm. And we've used this same effect now on three shows in a row for client A. It's like, okay, at a certain point, the attendees may get a little bit like, okay, we've seen this, you know. So it is. It's all about the wow factor. If the wow factor is not going to be there, then it's probably not a good way to – it's probably not the right opportunity to apply the effect. So – and, and you know, and those are those are obviously discussions that sales our sales team and and I help coordinate you know with the client. Mm-hmm. I mean, we recently decided 
this particular show isn't the right show. Let's wait for a different show because of the room, because of the way that the room was laid out and the size of the ceiling and everything right. else. That's what goes back to the physical constraints right. that you have to have to make this happen, you know? Yeah. Right. Always got to just keep that line of communication open. Yeah. Well, Sean, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us your insight on this technology. I mean, I hope it reaches the point where I can communicate with someone Star Wars style. But hey, until we get to that point, um, yeah, the applications that are around the corner are just as exciting. And some of the ways that I'm seeing it used in advertising, um, used in corporate events, used in physical installs, just in in a workspace, too, to sort of elevate that experience when someone enters your workspace, they get a, a really cool holographic seeming um, projection. Always really, really exciting, and I just can't wait to see where it goes next. And I'm sure with you being in the in the thick of it, I'm sure you are too. Yes, sir. Yeah. And that that plus many more ways to 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 intrigue the mind. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.